And now, it's 10 a.m. Let's just get down to it. And it's time for your sports fix. Strap yourselves in, folks. From two guys who have covered the teams you're passionate about for years. We are professionals. This is Jake Scott and Ben Anderson on 97.5 1280 The Zone. Powered by KSLSports.com. Jake and Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson. Yeah, that's the type of morning I'm having, Ben. That's what I'm rooting for. Yeah? Total cutoff. What's going on here? Where's my volume input blinking? I don't even know what that button is. It's probably not a good sign. Turned off. Can you hear yourself? Can you hear me? I can hear me. I can hear you. I don't know if Megan can hear any of this. Yeah, you got us? Sweet. So what's the problem here, then? I don't know. It said volume input. It was blinking. Like I don't know. I have an off button for my microphone, an on button. TB, which is either tuberculosis or talk back. Mute. Those are pretty straightforward. But there's something that says volume input, and it was blinking at me. Well, it's probably not good. Anything blink, any is blinking any blinking light is bad. It turned off. Okay, good. Because, uh, yeah, who knows? Don't touch anything, Ben. I'm going to touch the tuberculosis button. Yeah, I think you're right about that. I think that's talk back. I think that's how you can communicate. It's one or the with, other. It's 50 50. Yeah, I think that's how you, you know, you say hello, Megan, without the rest of the world hearing it. Huh. Did you hear that, Megan? I did hear that. Is your volume input? Because I didn't hear you say anything, but right. Megan heard you. Yeah, exactly. Incredible. So this is how Megan and I can talk behind Ben's back. See? You're talking to Megan right now. Right. I can hear you outside of my headphones, but in my headphones. Right. Correct. That's how that works. But, Thus, but, TB but is not tuberculosis. You might have tuberculosis now. <laughs> Which you is not go. a funny thing to joke about really at all. It's a cough. But you should go get it checked out. Thanks for that, Ben. Great start to the show. Just how is case. everybody? What's Just. up? Just in case. How are you this fine Friday? Uh, incredible. Friday, beautiful morning. I could see across our gorgeous valley this morning when I got up. The sun was shining. The snow was providing a beautiful white and golden sheen over our uh, beautiful state. Did you get some snow? I did. I got a little bit. I don't get a lot. You guys? You guys probably got quite a bit more. No. Well, just enough to do the driveway. Okay. Oh, you had to plow? Just enough to do the driveway. Oh, that's nice. Mine doesn't. I, I live far enough west that I don't have to do that. Well, and I also take any excuse to start my snowblower before 7 a.m. just to be that kind of neighbor. Jake's up. <laughs> up doing the driveway. Good morning, everyone. I couldn't help this morning, but look around at the uh, dark lights <laughs> in all my neighbor's yeah. windows and think like, good morning. Where do you and your wife in age rank? She's my age. Uh, yeah. You're 40. Where do you guys rank in age compared to the rest of your neighborhood? Oh man, that's a that's an interesting question because I, I lived in a very old neighborhood, uh-huh. and this is kind of sad, really. But it it's so what tur- happens. it's turning over. It's how you were able to be- get a house in that neighborhood, becoming a younger. Yeah. Uh, so I've got we've got like three young families on our block, and I've been living there over now about twenty years, and that's the first time I could say that. So it's nice. Yeah, my neighbors are younger. Good. They have young kids. My neighbors across the street have two kids. That's nice. Mm, roughly the age of my kids. That's so great. They, Don't uh, grow up together. Your yeah. kids aren't quite that age of just run across the street and go right. play, but they will be. 
And he's a he's a neurosurgeon, so I got that going for me. If I yeah. get any brain issues in the middle of the night, I can just bounce across the way. That's kind of nice. That's really good. Yeah. If something <laughs> goes wrong, go knock on the door. Hey! Get the scalpel. Jake needs a lobotomy. Glenn is his name. And by the way, what a great neighbor for or name for a neighbor. Doesn't the name Glenn, Glenn. just sound That's like a, a neighbor? neighbor? You're right. Like, my neighbor, neighbor Glenn. You're yeah. Right. Yeah. So, that is really nice. Do you, you have uh, you have neighbors? Mostly what? older. Mostly older? Mostly older. A couple families, but I don't really know them very well. But Joe next to me is great. And then the guy next to me rents. So. Neighbors are the best. But he's nice. He's quiet. Skis all day. That sounds horrible. But he just is gone. He's just never home, which is fine. He gets to ski all day? Yeah, that's incredible. I know. Well, that's yeah, what Joe's I'm awesome. Guy next to me is gone all the time. Doesn't mow his lawn great, but that's fine. Joe mows his lawn. Joe's on top of it. Joe is that guy. You can kick over there and mow for him. Yeah. Be a good neighbor. No, I'm not that good of a neighbor. He's got a huge yard. <laughs> I've got a little tiny yard. Never going to do it. <laughs> All right. Uh, we, we've got a lot to do on the show today. Ben, of course, we'll talk about the Jazz. Um, the Jazz themselves are interesting. Uh, this game against Detroit was not really supposed to be interesting, but uh, could be. Uh, I, look, the Jazz have to get a win tonight. You have to win tonight. If you don't win tonight and you're going into Golden State not knowing if you're going to have Donovan Mitchell back or Hassan Whiteside, and then you play Phoenix the next night and you got Phoenix again, then you have Memphis. Like, You have to beat Detroit. You have to at least slow this hemorrhaging that is going on right now in the organization because you just need any positive spin because right now you've got just about zero. You're still in panic mode? It's still the urgency Well, there? nothing changed from 24 hours ago. They didn't even I know. practice. I thought yeah, nothing's changed. I thought you'd calm down. No, I told you. I, I get accused of being far too optimistic. I've been accused of being that person. If I wake up on the right side of the bed too often and I don't accurately see what's going on out there, I don't think this is great what's going on right now so with the Utah Jazz. Now you're going the complete other way? I think I'm exactly right. I think, I'm, I think my takes are perfect. <laughs> You do have good takes. Um, I, I still don't think uh, my opinion on the the quality of the team has really changed. What would it take? I don't know. They could lose all the next games. I'm still not going to think they're worse than Dallas. Oh, oh Dallas is one. What eleven of twelve yeah, or eleven ten of twelve? And I'm they lost last night. This will be good. This weekend coming up here is going to be the best test for the Jazz right now. And this might be where the Jazz are looking to get a real accurate understanding of whether or not they need to make a trade. That could be what happens over the next week, is saying, how do we fare against the competitors? Maybe it's the dog days. Maybe it's COVID. Maybe it's not having Donovan Mitchell because of the concussion. Maybe we can just throw all this out, say all of it's inaccurate data. Let's wait until next week when the team's ideally healthier and then see if there's any, any, any real issues there. I can uh, I can come along with you on maybe the the urgency for roster change has been dialed up a tad bit because maybe the team's been under a bit of a, a magnifying glass. But eventually, Ben, the team will start trying again. And when they start trying again, I anticipate them to start winning again. That was kind of the interesting thing was that Rudy Gobert, after the game on Wednesday, said everyone's trying. Everyone wants to be here. Everyone's professional. Everyone's putting in, you know, the, the work. They're just not focused for forty eight minutes. And he said that's the biggest issue. Yeah. When well, you take focus, a twenty point, trying, it's the same. When thing. you take a twenty two point lead or a thirteen point yeah. lead as they have in the last week and blown games, they were up ten over the Lakers in the third they've quarter. They've blown seven games when they've had double digit leads in the second half, which is uh, Locke hit uh, David James with that stat this morning. That's uh, equal to the amount of times they did that over the previous two years. And look, you so. I mean, that includes games over Detroit, 
the Lakers and Houston. I mean, three of their last four games. Yeah. Had they've done that. So I think that also probably contributes so, to why this feels so urgent. Call it focus, call it trying, whatever. I I think eventually they're just gonna, don't call me late for dinner. They're gonna snap out of that. And maybe they just need to bottom out. Now I would have thought bottoming out would be Rudy coming back from the coronavirus to blast away at the team, but apparently not. But eventually they're gonna get back to being who they are. And maybe that's not the best team in the West, but it's certainly not what we're seeing now. No, they're not lose six of seven. I mean they're not gonna win twenty yeah. you know, eight it's, games the rest January. of the year. Maybe they limp into the all star break. It doesn't it doesn't change my perspective on what this team is or is not. But I definitely think you'd like them to be a little bit better than they are currently. Yeah. I think you'd like them to be better than what they're playing. Yeah. And I think I jazz mean, fans would really like to see that. For you that has to go into a bunch of grumpy press conferences, sure. But overall, you know. I mean, I'm getting jazz fans who are, I'm seeing all of my timeline saying, like, I'm just not going to watch for a little while. I'm just, I need to take a break from this team mentally. I think it really has been hard on fans. This recent stretch has been difficult for people to watch. And I do think it will catch up to the players. It'll catch up to Quinn Snyder. It'll catch up to the coaches, too. That's got to be one of the issues that they are aware of. And obviously they are. They're more aware of it than anyone. They're out literally in the lab trying to fix it. You know, they're over at Zions Bank Basketball Center yesterday in a get-what-you-need day is kind of what they call it, which is like a non-practice day, but you come in, you need treatment on your body, you want to get shots up, there's coaches available to you. They certainly were out there trying to fix it, trying to figure out exactly what's wrong with this basketball team and, and how to get it back on track. Yeah, you know what gets viewers and sells tickets is winning. I mean, they're focused on that. It, it eventually, it all comes back to this, Ben, and I know we weren't doing a show together at the time, but the reason I knew that, or suspected, I shouldn't say knew, nothing is certain, but uh, that the whole unsalvageable thing was certainly salvageable was because both Rudy and Donovan have the same goal. Yes, and I never believed it wasn't salvageable. And also, I do think when, you know, you have a fully healthy Donovan Mitchell and a fully healthy Rudy Gobert, which... It's crazy how long it's been since we've seen that. Yeah. And that is one of the weird, you know, like you're missing one of your two best players in all but the Lakers game. And it just so happened you were facing a Lakers team that was facing like the must wins of must wins in their career. And I know you hate this term, but and you just happened to miss all of your shots. You just happened to miss so many shots that usually go in. So, if you want me to be optimistic, and you're trying to, you're trying to sprinkle the optimistic dust in my eyes right now, Jake, I can feel it, that is what it is. No. That you haven't had Rudy Gobert and, Don- and Donovan Mitchell on the floor at the same time in all, but I guess it was two games, right? They had it against Denver, and they won that game, which is good. Where they tried and were focused because it's Denver. And won by 23 points yeah. on the road. And also beat them shorthanded. Yes. And then, and maybe the Jazz are just a bad matchup for Denver for whatever reason, but then... Kind of, you know, had a bad loss on the second night of a back-to-back against a more rested Lakers team while they were in a must-win and the Jazz were probably a little uh, falsely optimistic. So if you want to have optimistic I'm not, optimism, I am I'll not give it to you, Jake. I am trying to be optimistic. Look at me, optimistic Ben. I'm trying came up. To, I'm thrilled. I'm trying to ground you in reality because sometimes it gets, it gets easy to go up and down with wins and losses in an 82-game season. And you asked me if my overall opinion, this was back on Wednesday, Tuesday, if my overall opinion Years on the team has ago. changed? No! What, what, what has happened that would change my overall opinion? They lost a couple of games in January? It's fine. They lost a lot of all games right. in January. Well, as soon as they get back pulling all in the same direction, it's going to be fine. Nothing has fundamentally changed about this team. The, the truth is, here's they weren't the favorite for the title Ever. They just weren't. Correct. They're not there 
as a franchise. They haven't been there. It's not like there's this huge letdown. I, another thing Locke said today, which I thought was interesting, last year was kind of fake. Not as fake as the bubble, but it was kind of fake from a sense that they never practiced, they never shot around, the fans were inconsistent, certain teams were going through things the Jazz didn't really go through. That that streak where they won 21 and 23, they had all their guys yep, the they whole time. They were time, healthy until the, the end of the year. The whole time. Yeah. And they had played together a lot, so practice wasn't really at a premium, and there was probably a little noise in the numbers last year. And that probably makes some sense. So maybe we readjust our, our you know expectations from that perspective perspective, I suppose. But Ben, you've been covering this team day in and day out uh, for years now. Years! A decade! A decade! And I believe that you know exactly what team you're covering, and you're getting a little in the weeds because this stretch isn't particularly rosy. That's all. the worst stretch of basketball this team has played since getting Mike Conley and Boyan Bogdanovich. Okay, and they're still better than Dallas. I don't even know if I agree with that, and they're still better than Dallas. You don't know if I agree. You agree that this is the worst stretch of basketball? Man. They certainly haven't lost six or seven ever before. Uh, fine, but Mike Conley forgot how to play the game for half a season. And they still won. They were still winning okay. games early. I mean, they were going, right. you know, four wins, four losses, five wins, five losses. Well, they were very streaky early that year. We now know that Mike is a fine fit with the roster, which yeah. is a way bigger deal than losing six of seven. I'm not sure if that's true, because you do have him. Seven and you're still, games. You you do have him, and you're still losing. It's and that's seven, a bigger fear for it's me. Seven games. It's not even one tenth of the season. Correct. That's true. That math adds up. And that checks out. Life is extraordinarily weird. They're signing players off the street. Uh, you know, it's it's even weird that Rudy would come back blasted away at the team. That's weird. Correct. There's a lot right. of crazy so, stuff but, going on, so but it's over. But it's can, over. You can't count don't into the play. Well, right, count into that. You, you, I mean, that's evidence to my point is that Rudy Gobert is lighting people up. Okay. Rudy Gobert is coming out and saying, I'll like, listen to that. Something's bad. But if he didn't do that every third month, I would, I would agree with you a little more. That can be your take. They're going to figure it out. At some point, they'll start trying again, and they're going to start winning games again. And whenever they, they – maybe they bottom out against Detroit tonight. Maybe it was Houston. It could easily – they could smash Detroit tonight and go on a run against these better teams because they're motivated to play. Sure, they could play. They could do that. Of course, they could. Do. I can't argue against they could do that. Yes, You they were could. yesterday. They're not going to. <laughs> okay. They're not going to. Okay. But I can't argue How against How do I argue could. with uh, they're not going to? How definitive. They, they could play better. Of course they could play better. Here's my question for you. Are they going to make a change? Now, that's interesting. I, I think they might, but they probably have been contemplating that change for a long time. If they haven't been, then that's a mistake. Correct. Because yeah, you, you this have your... roster has been flawed for a while. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, they could make a change. They probably need to make a change, but honestly... They've needed to make that change for at least an offseason and a trade deadline. Here's the thing, Jake, and, and maybe this is where we're disagreeing and we're kind of saying the same thing. You're saying your expectation of the team isn't different than it was earlier. Because it's the same team. Because you automatically, you already assumed they had these fatal flaws, which yes. clearly they did because they didn't make changes to the roster. And the problems they have, they can't defend the perimeter, are still there. I think I had higher expectations for the team. I think I expected them to be better than they are because I thought some of those flaws were maybe less real than what we saw for stretches like we saw against the Clippers, etc. I may have had a higher bar for them that thought they were playing at a higher level 
than you did in the, from the starting point. So that's maybe where I've come back and met you, where you actually are right now, but you were just starting at a lower point, and I was starting at a higher point with where I thought this team would be. Does that make sense? Yeah, okay. So your and my views of them right now are, yes, they're not... I don't think they're the favorite to win the title. You're saying the same thing. I don't think they're the favorite to get out of the West. You're saying the same thing. I think at one point this year, I thought that should have been an accurate expectation for them, and maybe you never thought that. No. I've never expected them to win the West this year. But, I mean, what 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 team in the West do, do you expect to win the West, or would you have going into the year? That's what made this year really interesting, sure. is because there wasn't... You know, how many years in a row did we go through expecting Golden State to win the West? Right. And it I, I still don't believe in Phoenix. And I still, I think Phoenix right now is overwhelmingly the favorite. All right. But I, uh, they're far from unbeatable. Correct. I mean, that's what made this year interesting. It's not that the Jazz were perfect. It's the rest of the league was different. Yep. The landscape had changed. And you can easily make an argument that the Jazz could have represented come out of the West last year if Mike Conley would have remained healthy. But And I will correct. I, th- I think they certainly could have beat the Clippers. Despite their flaws. I will say this, though. I do think that's part of the problem. Is that because the West feels wide open, that when you lose six of seven, you feel like you're blowing a golden opportunity? I think fans feel that way. I think fans felt like this was maybe their best what, shot to get out of the West. What golden opportunity? To get out of the West. So losing six of seven costs you the opportunity to get out of the West? It doesn't make it easier. That's ridiculous. It doesn't make it easier. You're no longer competing for a top three seed or a top two seed in the West, which is where I think Jazz which fans wanted to be. great for them last year. Right. That it doesn't really, have to be the end all really be all. helped. But Seeding in the West is so stupid. It's the dumbest thing to play forever because it doesn't matter. Home court barely that, matters. That's not it's true at all. It's all about who you play. That's inarguably wrong. No, hey, argue it. That's inarguably wrong. Argue it. Teams with home court advantage win playoff series overwhelmingly high amounts, and teams with top now, two now, seeds get to the now. Fi- ask yourself why get that to is. The finals because they're better teams. Yes, they're the better team of the series. Thank Sh- you. Sure, right. So that's the thing. It's, it's if not because of home court, but if you're it's because they're better. But if you're not one of those best teams at the end of the West, it says that you're clearly you're not one of the best teams. So but if that has nothing to do with home court advantage. Okay, but nothing it, it at does all. have to do with your record. How many series actually go to seven games? Very few. How many g- home teams win that seventh game? It's a worse record than you thought. The Jazz have only played in game sevens in the playoffs like six times. Correct. And the, they've won more on the road than they've lost. I would argue, though, that you could also argue that opening series at home is just as beneficial as opening on the road. Because Ridiculous. taking a 2-0 lead at home to start, taking a 2 lead in any series basically guarantees you win the series. Because the better team starts off at home. Sure, so that's the problem. The question is now, if the Jazz are not even... Is it coincidental or is it causal? It's it's the better team. We can argue the same thing. I think we're arguing in the same direction here, is that if you're not one of those better teams, you're not going to win in the playoffs. Like this is a t- this okay, is a sign right okay. now that if you've lost six of seven, you're not one of the better teams. You called my seating doesn't matter and home court doesn't matter. A terrible take. And now I said it's inarguably you, wrong. Seating. You you're right, still you, haven't said how I'm wrong because you're arguing the correlation and causation are two different things, which I understand that argument. But I'm saying why not have both? Or 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 that. Yes, it's great to open games on the road or close game, or I should say open series at home or have a game seven at home. That's not the only reason you're winning. And you're right with that. 
but but that's a reward for being one of the better teams. The Jazz right now are Which showing is cute, but, but the, doesn't matter. But the Jazz aren't showing one of the that they're one of the better teams. Okay, that's a different topic entirely. And I don't it's think not, I ever said home court advantage is what matters. I said being one of the top seeds matters because you do have an easier path. To which I replied, seeding doesn't matter and home court doesn't matter, which you called wrong. Well, would you rather play? the Mavericks in the first round, or would you rather play the Lakers in the first round? Now you're talking about matchups, not seeding, which is why you see teams tank it at the end of the year, because the seed doesn't matter, but who you play does. But you're going to have an easier run if you're the number one seed than you are if you're the four seed. I'd rather be the six seed and play a terrible team. But you don't really get terrible teams that are three seeds, generally. You have an easier time of... Your odds of playing a bad team when you're the number one seed in the first round or the number two seed is way higher than being the four seed and hoping you do face the Nuggets and don't face the Mavericks. But the Jazz last trip to the Western Conference Finals, they really benefited because they were the four seed and lucked into playing the eight seed in the second round. So why wouldn't you want to be in the fourth spot because you might play the eight? It doesn't matter. It's about who it is. It doesn't matter the number. Uh, sure, the number doesn't matter. The nope. matchups matter. But yep. you get worse teams at the bottom of those numbers. Uh, that's uh, likely, but never guaranteed. But Thus, again, overwhelmingly teams lose on high. time. I mean, how many? All, on purpose. The Clippers lost on purpose to play the Jazz. But how many eight seeds have ever won a first round series? Well, two. Co- is Three? that coincidental? Three. Or again, it depends. Maybe if. Three, historically. Well, if Golden State. Memphis did it. The Heat did it. In that weird. Was it the lockout year that the Heat did it when the Knicks made the finals? I can't remember if that was. I don't think it was lockout year or not. Let me ask you this: If the Golden State Warriors, and then of course, the Warriors beating the Mavericks. if the Warriors had gotten Clay, Draymond, and Steph healthy at the same time and had a monster month going into the playoffs last year, but snuck into the eighth seed, who would you have picked between the well, Warriors and the Jazz? Yes, the Warriors. Thus, the seven-game stretch in January is meaningless. But you're pulling out meaningless. You're pulling out these random. What if everyone's hurt and then comes back healthy at the end of the year? This and is that's sports not gonna, radio. That's what we do. But that's not going to. I mean, the only team that could realistically happen with this year is the Clippers, who are sitting in the nine seed right now. And I de- at some point they could get Kawhi, and they could get uh, Paul George back together. Okay, and then still they're going to get killed by the Suns if they play okay. them in the first round. Yes, the 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 regular season is still somewhat of a gauge into the quality of a team. I yes. gotcha. And but, being a better team at the end of the year is better than being a worse team. And winning games in the middle of the season, which is why we play the games, makes it easier to but advance in the playoffs. Losing six of seven in January is far from costing the Jazz a trip to the NBA Finals. It's not helping, and that's my argument. It's certainly not okay. helping them. Well. And I think You're right not now, not helping my sanity right now, but I'm still <laughs> enjoying the conversation. And I think jazz fans <laughs> are feeling more the way I'm feeling right now, which well, is they're, wrong. they're hitting the panic button. And I trust the uh, the wisdom of the crowd. Right? I'm accusing you of overreacting, not fans. I get it why they do it. I talk to them all the time. Talk See, to them I every you, day. I'm talking th- to you. I don't think I'm overreacting because I think traditionally a lot of people think I underreact. And, and this now is the read I'm getting out of this team. I know. Don't be sensitive. No. Just say what you got. I will say this. You're a smart guy. I believe you. There I read all of your work. Four teams Trust yourself. of the 15 in the Western Conference that have gone three and seven or worse over the last ten games, and it's the Jazz, it's the Kings, it's the Spurs, and the Rockets, and those are just not the teams you want to be right now. Or it's not even the Rockets, it's the Thunder, and those are the teams you don't want to be associated with in January. Ideally, this team should be getting better, and they're getting worse. But I think the Jazz are still better than all those teams you just I think they are. Yeah. I think they are. still true. But this stretch is a red flag. Red flag? Any other superlatives? I mean, that's why the Jazz are going to make a trade, because they believe this, too. Hey, the great Ryan from the Dish Professionals is in the house. How about that? That's awesome. Yeah. 
I haven't seen Ryan in a while. I know. That's good. All right. Uh, <laughs> it is Jake and Ben here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I thought that was a productive first segment. Ben, that was good. want to remind you about our friends at uh, Built Bar. Whether it's double chocolate, peanut butter, brownie, cherry, barcia, or salted caramel, enjoy a Built Bar. 100% real chocolate, 100% real delicious. Order yours today at Built.com and save 10% off your order by using promo code ZONE at checkout. That's Built Bar. You know, you know who really um, proved the seeding regular season all that doesn't matter was the uh, uh, the Warriors when they had the best record in the history of the NBA. And then the light turned on in their head. Well, that didn't matter. You know what mattered? Health. Health. Sure. Matchups. Yeah. All these other things that the NBA, if you want to talk about how the NBA heals the regular season not mattering... It's getting the winner a bigger reward. It's making seeds matter. If you want to fix tanking at the end of the year, don't mess with the lottery. It doesn't matter. Sure. Don't add more teams into the playoff. Don't put more cats in the wall. For people who are always Sunday fans, if you know what I'm referencing yep. there. Yep. Figure out a way to reward the good teams better. Oh, what better. you should do is you should let... You should Let do a them draft. pick who they're yes. going to play. You should do a draft. I 100% agree Let with that. Let them play the whole series at home. I don't know. Yeah. But no, I, home I, you, court advantage and seeding don't matter. It's not good enough. You should let the number one team pick the team they want to play. Absolutely. That would be the best option for me. Which is the playoffs kind of do in, in the NFL now. Like you get the bye and then you play the worst team that's remaining that second week. That That's what the NFL, the you NBA know, should do. We're talking about midseason tournaments and play-in scenarios and, well, we're going to fudge the draft odds. All you have to do is fix the reward for making the playoffs. I love your idea. Let them pick their opponent. It's great. It's perfect. Second place team, you get to pick the who's next. Makes a ton of sense. Imagine putting that on TV, by the way. And imagine the rivalries that would create. Oh, you wanted to play us in the playoffs? Problem solved. See? Trust yourself, Ben. <laughs> no, there's problems. Sure, we can fix things in a big picture. That's obviously not what's going on right now going into this offseason. We're not going to fix it that quickly. All right, uh, let's get out to the Zone phone. Joining us now, he's going to be hanging out with us throughout the show. He's our friend, Dr. Justin Johnson from Premier Wave. What's going on, Dr. Johnson? Hey, gentlemen, how you doing this fine, wintry morning? Man, we're doing great. Ben's a little pessimistic, but... (laughs) (laughs) Make me feel better. (laughs) Hey, yeah, yeah, that's right. Our listeners might be a little pessimistic about the old Love Live and Valentine's Day is coming up. Let's help them out. Yeah, so we have some great uh, deals for Valentine's Day, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but I just you know, want to talk about our treatments because we do both men and women. We're actually a sexual wellness clinic for both men and women, so we do erectile dysfunction for our ED for men and vaginal rejuvenation for the women. And our ED treatment, you know, is getting better and better because we've added some protocols to it, methods. So we don't just do the low-intensive shockwave therapy. We have other treatment modalities that we use because... ED is a medical disease that's similar to heart disease, the same mechanism. So sometimes you need to use more than one treatment modality. But on the plus side is our machine, which is FDA approved for ED treatment, is also the only machine that's actually designed for ED treatment. It does such a great job. We've had great results with that. And we also have, you know, a treatment that's FDA approved for the women. So our package is a Valentine's package. We are going to give $1,000 off if you get a couple's package. So if both the husband and wife or the significant other want to get this treatment, 
then we'll give you $1,000 off, and then we're going to throw in, on top of that, a free night's stay at either the Anniversary Inn or the Grand America, so you can try out the results once you're done. And if uh, financing is a problem, you don't need to worry anymore because we have 0% financing, which means we pay the interest for you, so it doesn't come out of your pocket. And they're great repayment rates. So come see us at uh, Premier Wave Medical. Our uh, website is premierwave.com or number 385-360-9283. All right. There he is, the one and only uh, Dr. Johnson. Doctor, did you have to bust out the snowblower today and get a bunch of snow? Oh, we had about three inches. It wasn't too bad. Oh, that's so, pretty good. You know, I, there's my snowblower, I have two snowblowers. I have the, the gas snowblower and I have a 17-year-old. And so the 17-year-old <laughs> got the choice. <laughs> All right. There you go. Yep. go. Hopefully got it done. All right. 385-360-WAVE. That's 385-360-9283. Or go to premierwave.com. Thanks, Dr. Johnson. Yeah, thanks, guys. I'll talk to you later. See you, buddy. Uh, 385-360-WAVE uh, or uh, premierwave.com. Well, we're going to go give away some tickets to the Jazz game. Stay tuned. That's coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. What the? It's half past the hour and time to talk Utah Jazz. Oh, this is your Jazz at 30 update. Ring the 30-point bell. Jazz update uh, here on Jake and Ben. Here is Joe Ingles talking about uh, being free on the court to go play with a little joy. We're lucky that once we do get out there, you're almost free. If you're struggling with something or, or something's going on, the court is usually a lot of guys kind of place to be free and relax and enjoy it. Jazz back at it tonight, taking on Detroit here at Vivint Arena. Tip-offs at 7, pregame begins at 6. This update is brought to you by Five Star Painting. Refresh the inside or outside of your home with a five-star experience with Five Star Painting. They've got the time, skills, and tools, fivestarpainting.com. That's fivestarpainting.com. coverage in Utah. You're listening to Jake Scott and Ben Anderson on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by KSLSports.com Very superstitious Writings on the wall Jake and Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake, it's contentious. Not just on our show. My texts are contentious right now. Not with me personally. I'm in a group chat that's going at it. Going at each other's throats right now. It's on Friday. You know what I think it is? Jazz are losing. It's got everyone bummed. They're changing their expectations for the season (laughs) based off the last seven games. I think everyone's a little heated right now. Well, they shouldn't be. Uh, But uh, how about this? Uh, Love it that uh, KSL Sports... On Twitter has uh, latched on to our discussion here, Ben. Someone's and, uh, listening, and uh, we've been uh, throwing things out. People can interact with us on Twitter at Jake Scott Zone at Ben's Hoops. Uh, but uh, KSL Sports has thrown out a couple of things. Uh, first of all, weigh in: Does home court advantage really matter in the NBA playoffs? And let me reiterate my argument: It's not just home court advantage, though. Yes, home court advantage absolutely does matter. 
It's more the fact that if you are a bad seed, it's probably a pretty good indicator that you're not a very good team. But that has nothing to do whether with whether a seed is advantageous or not, which was the base of the argument. Okay, and I think I was arguing more that if the Jazz don't find themselves in the top two or three seeds, it's a very clear sign that they're not as good as we thought so, they were. I thought I shouldn't say we that I thought they were going into the year. Here's 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 the thing. Been with seeding. Everybody views the playoffs and seeding in a perfect world, and you've kind of you've kind of stumbled into one of my pet peeves about uh, about the NBA. But in tennis, for example, you seed a tournament based on the ranking of one individual player, right? Yes, and that's a computer's opinion, people's opinion. In tennis, I think it's all a computer, but uh, they go through and they seed. So the number one. Seed is the best player in the tournament. The number eight seed is the eighth best team in the tournament, and so on down the line. We picture that in the NBA. Well, the number one seed is the team with the best record. They're the best team. They're playing the eighth seed, which is the eighth best team, which is far from true in that circumstance most times, let alone two, seven, three, six, four, five. Sure. Rarely and not every is number that one accurate. Seed, and not every number eight seed is created equal. And then in the NBA, the purpose of series, let alone seven game series, is to get the outcome of the better team. That's why everybody loves the NCAA tournament is because the better team does not always advance because it's a one and done. Or a at series, least the higher seed doesn't always advance. A series yeah. is designed to identify the best team. Sure. So... The seed itself does not matter. The best team is always and what has always mattered. Now, the best team often has the best seed, but again, that is correlation, not causation. But the cause of them having the higher seed is that they are the better team. Okay, but that has nothing to do with the seed being advantageous. It's not. Ideally, yes. What you're saying is like where they are marked on a number on a page. It's just ink on a so, piece of paper. Hey, they're still playing for the two seed. Doesn't matter. You're playing to play a worse team, though. You're trying to climb with the idea that you're likely. This to be is matchups, not seeding, and that's why teams lose on purpose. Yes, they do. They do, and they dictate that late in the season. I will say this. This is uh, the latest I've got from ESPN. Now, this is from 2017, and they throw out the four or five matchup. Because the 4-5 matchup is traditionally a toss-up. And right now, the Jazz, unfortunately, are sitting in the 4-5 matchup, which, again, it's dangerous. You don't want to be in that 4-5 matchup because it's a toss-up. The higher seed in the NBA playoffs of in 2017, the top three seeds are 73-11 and in first-round series in best-of-seven. 73 and 11. That's pretty overwhelming that the top three seeds do win more often than if you're in those bottom three. Now, the Jazz are at no risk of falling to six, seven, or eight. They're not going to find themselves at six, seven, or eight. They are likely to be four or better. I don't know if they're going to be able to pass Memphis for three. They have a good chance to, but I don't know if they're going to be able to pass Memphis for three. They're going to have to right the ship, and they're going to need Memphis to fall off because Memphis has been playing at a crazy rate. But the numbers themselves say you have a better chance of advancing if you end up with one of those top three seeds. But see, that's ridiculous because those top three seeds are always better than their opponents. Right, exactly. It has nothing to do with the number. Sure, but it has everything to do with the okay, team. But it does say this. So let's say if the Jazz don't end up in one of those top three seeds, then I think there's an argument that they're not better than those teams that are behind them. And you have argued that they are better than those teams behind them. I still believe that. Correct. 
And I don't know if that's the case. I think you probably are what your record says you are. But now you're debating something else. I mean, I think these are all laced into my argument. I don't think you are what your record says you are, or the Clippers wouldn't have tried to lose to the Rockets in back-to-back games last year. I think overwhelmingly you are what your record says you are. And I think it's a red flag if you are trying to adjust your season. But that's a cliche, not a fact. You are what your record says you are. It's not true. It's shorthand. It's not not a fact, but it's shorthand. It can be picked Short apart like end. anything. Yeah, it's like a it's a way to express a much bigger idea okay. within one sentence. All right. So that's how I feel about Doesn't it. Doesn't make it true. Uh, let's see. Our guy Clint tweets in, we can settle this really easy. Have Jake Scott sleep in a different hotel room every night for three weeks and see if it affects his work performance. Ah, but you're not playing any more home games than road games in vastly every series. What percentage? Craig, one of, more. What percentage of series go to seven games? I bet it's not even ten. No, most don't. Very few do. You, I mean, it feels like you'll go an entire playoff run, and you might get one or two. Now, sometimes there's three, and it's crazy and it's fun. But yes, a lot of times you'll get two game sevens through an entire playoff run for all the teams combined. So you're basically spending the same nights on the road either way. So that's not an argument. But thank you, Clint. The NBA needs to figure this out. This is the biggest problem yep. with the NBA. This is issue number one, and nobody ever talks about it because they've convinced themselves that this random number actually on, matters. But, okay, but this isn't random. In the This is going back to 2018, so I'm just pulling up data here. In the 129 Game 7s in history, the home team wins 103 times. That's a lot. That's an advantage. There is something you can say, and that's not just either. Maybe it's matchups, but if you're getting to game seven, that means the teams are pretty evenly paired, and then still the home team okay. wins more right. often than how not. many? How many total did you say? One hundred and twenty-nine in NBA history. Yes, I, I'm not okay. So, so in the history playoff series though. of the NBA playoffs, sure. which is how many thousands of series? No, not thousands. There's like what? There's been what seventy-five seasons in. And you get you start with four, so eight seventy five. It's a f- several hundred, but it sounds like it's probably about ten percent. I think your your number is probably about right. About ten percent of series reach a game seven, and it's not even a determined fact that you win that game seven all the time. And you fact you just but one hundred three out of one hundred and thirty gun to your head. Bite. Would you rather be on the twenty nine or twenty six? I guess so, that don't so win the game. So what you just laid out is entirely what NBA teams have to play for in the regular season. Correct. This fraction of a fraction of a fraction that's beyond a guarantee is the motivation that it will go to play in, for in the NBA regular season outside of just reaching the playoffs itself. No, because you're ignoring that 73 out of 84 teams that are higher seeds, one through three, win that first round. And then games that do go to game seven, you have 103 out of 129 are won by the home team. But those have nothing to do, that has to do with who's the better team, not the home court or the seed. Well, the home court does. I mean, that's that's what this argument is. In this case, right. Game seven is the home court. So that's the motivation. But you are talking about home teams, teams that are opening the series at home, do win 73 out of 84. Now, I'm with you. The reason they win is because they're the better team. If you were to flip that, still... The number two seed is going to beat the eight seed, even if the eight or seven seed, excuse me, even if the seven seed got to play four out of seven games at home. Right. I am with you on that argument. Or even start out if the better team had to start out on the road, they're still winning those series. The better team wins the series 
99 times That's out of 100 in basketball. That's the point of a seven-game series. That's the point. And I will also say, if you don't find yourselves in one of those top three seeds, it says a lot about who you are as the team. That's my argument. And if the Jazz right now are not one of those top three teams in the West, they aren't. There's nothing so they are showing to me. So now we're talking about sending a bad message. But now they're showing Ooh. me they're not one of the top three seeds in the West. Oh, and no. I think everybody that's a you know was following the Jazz after what happened last year, they doubled down and brought everybody back. I mean, I know Quinn Snyder likes to say they didn't quote run it back because they went out and got Rudy Gay, they went out and got Hassan Whiteside, but they should have gotten better. I mean, that was the idea. They weren't running it back. They were improving their team. Last year, they were the number one seed. Yes, it didn't take them very far, but you expected to be better than the team that got bounced in the second round. And right now, I haven't seen anything that shows me they are on the court, in their record, in their seating, the way they're talking to each other, in the locker room. None of those things feel like they're better than they were last year to me. Well, I feel bad for them. <laughs> I, I feel terrible for them. I don't think and, it, and it, it's, it's tied good, to my happiness And at it's a good thing that everybody's feelings about the team determines the NBA title. Sending a bad message? What are we talking about I sending a bad message? I, I'm not saying they're sending a bad message. I'm just saying it's a sign that you're not a very good team. A you're sign? Su- yeah, it's a sign. It's well, a sign? Six of seven dropping out of your rankings is... Oh, no. Well, what's the argument against it, that they are a good team? I'll tell you what a sign of a bad team is, is, uh, let's see, if thus far in the season you've only won 13 games, odds are, no matter what team you beat in those 13 wins, you're not a good team. Correct. But, in the sense, I am making your your argument a little bit of your record, or what your record says you are, in, in extremes... Sure, yeah, you're but extrapolating when, it out. But not when you're talking about the difference between the second, third, and fourth best teams in a conference. So I would ask you then, what would your argument be? What would your argument be that they are a good team or that they are better than they were last year? Which is the goal of the team. Because they were good last year, and what they accomplished was good last year. You can't go to the second round of the NBA playoffs if you're not good. Agreed. So... But they should. That, be. So there's my argument. This year, they're, they're, this year they went on a run where they almost went undefeated in, Dece- in December. That's what good teams, bad teams don't do. That, but good teams don't lose six out of seven. That, is that is that even true? Well, is it even true that good teams don't? You know that bad that teams bad don't, teams don't go, win almost for go a undefeated. Month? Yeah, honestly, that, yes, that's the argument. So I'm the argument that good teams don't lose six out of seven, and you're arguing the bad teams don't almost go undefeated in December. And they're both, I think they're both accurate. So I think we are trying to get a gauge on what this Jazz team is. Now, to your point, the Jazz were healthy when they were winning games. They've been losing games, and there are pretty obvious signs you can point to why they're losing. They're missing, we even said this before the Houston game on Wednesday, they were missing 30% of their nine guys. You know, Rudy Gay wasn't playing, Donovan Mitchell's not playing, Hassan Whiteside's not playing. So we're playing... You know, Udoka Azabuki versus uh, who are they? You know, Jay Sean Tate, whoever you want to be. Like we're playing that game of what? How do you argue? How do you argue that? How do you accurately gauge that? That's the game you and I are playing. The Jazz are trying to figure out: Should you play Udoka Azabuki or Eric Pascal? And neither of those guys are going to play in the playoffs. And we're trying to gather an accurate read out of that. Which, somewhat ironically, last Monday I wrote after the Jazz lost to the Pistons: You are having a bunch of inaccurate data thrown at you right now. And now you're trying to determine whether or not you're good. And you have to determine how good you are before the trade deadline, which is three weeks away. And you have to run with whatever roster you decide based on this latest stretch of data. Now, not exclusively off this, but with this in mind that this might be an accurate 
this might be in part an accurate description of who you are, and you just cannot tr- fully trust it. And that's the hard spot I think the See, jazz front office finds themselves in. Okay, I, and I agree with that in a sense, except for I don't think that you're a- you're asking the right question. It's not who you are. It's can you be better? Who and, you are is what leads to stupid moves just for making a move's sake. That's fair. How can you get better? So, well, really, if you want to get more specific, they need to be asking, how much can we get for Joe Ingles? Yep. Because that move has to happen. They have to do that. We love Joe on this station. Yep. Uh, but he's been really good for us over the years. But if the Jazz are, are asking questions to themselves, is what can I get for Joe Ingles? And do I have to parlay any more to get what we actually need? To get better. Agreed. And if that's Marcus Smart, which I know that's been floating sure. out there, I love that idea. I'd be, sure. I'd be kicking the tires on that like crazy. I'd be calling my old buddy Brad and saying, hey, Brad, how do you like that job I got you? Right, exactly. How are you enjoying my old office, buddy? Because we need Marcus on this roster. But on the flip side, if it's Robert Covington, is that an upgrade? And those are the questions Yeah, you've got to be you asking. You better ask. I yeah. mean, speaking of the, the Blazers, they swung and missed on... Uh, Last year um, from Toronto. Why am I going? Uh, Powell. Yes. And he's fine. He just didn't fix his team. He didn't make them better. He didn't make them better. And I mean, hey, Robert Covington is the same thing. They went and swung on Robert Covington. They traded two first round draft picks. It didn't change anything for them. Derek Jones didn't change anything for them. So you know, got to get better. Correct. They, they went and got Larry Nance. Didn't do anything for him. In fact, they're worse. All right. Year. We're way over. Stay tuned. More next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The sports you love. The teams you can't live without. Do you sense urgency? This is Jake Scott and Ben Anderson on 97.5 1280 The Zone. Powered by KSLSports.com. Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Mitch and Trevor going to be on the show coming up at the Man, top let's of the get those two on the same call. We want to keep the contentiousness going on this show. little BYU-Utah Get those guys going at one another's throats. <laughs> hey, Jake. Let me read you the NFL coaching jobs. Okay. I want you to tell me which one's the best job. Okay. Okay. I'm going to go in no particular order here. Uh, the Houston Texans. The New York Giants. I'm sorry if I don't have everyone here. Texans, Giants, Vikings, Bears, Dolphins, Jaguars, Broncos, Raiders. You're a head coach. Which job do you want? Well, I could, I, what's easier is which jobs you don't. I mean, because there's most on there you don't want, right? I mean... I don't know. There are some teams that have relatively low expectations, and the last guy was such a bozo that you could probably do okay in Jacksonville by not by simply not. I mean, you're not getting worse. Well, the team won three games so last year. I'm debating between okay, so I'm debating between the Vikings, the Broncos, and the Raiders as the best jobs. As the best jobs, because the Broncos are ready to win. They just don't have a quarterback. And if you're the offensive coordinator of the Packers and you're bringing in Aaron Rodgers, then that's the best. That's the best job. But the Raiders have a quarterback, 
but the rest of it, and maybe people don't believe in Carr. I think he's pretty good. I think he gets I, a he's bad, good. I, mean, he, yeah, I think he gets him. a bad rap. He's clearly good. Uh, so that would be intriguing, except for they don't. I mean, they have some pieces around them, but they're like I'm afraid of the owner and the ownership is I'm a little afraid rough. of ownership. Yeah, uh, and then I'm afraid of the guy who their last two hires were Mike Mayock and John Gruden. Yeah, and then, well, but then I think Minnesota's a pretty decent team. But I see, I think Carr is better than Cousins. Cousins might be just good enough to not move on from. And so That's expensive the, that he's prohibitive, right? And when was Minnesota last like great, great? Now, you can make the same argument about the Raiders, but like the Broncos win a Super Bowl every 10 years, you know, or at least in that com- conversation. Yeah, but they've gotten the quarterback thing so wrong. And they might have the worst GM of anybody. Yeah. Well, that's where you you got to start is find a way to get a new boss. <laughs> yeah. But so Denver of these three teams has the best chance to land Aaron Rodgers next year, right. which makes it really interesting. Yes. I think Denver's probably the best job. I think Denver's probably the best of these gigs, though I trust the general manager the least. See, I don't think it is if Aaron Rodgers isn't coming along, because finding a guy is so hard. I mean, look at the teams that have been scrambling to find a guy uh, forever, and when teams do land a dude, a quarterback, they hang on to him forever because they're so hard to find. Right. Unless it's like Deshaun Watson and something crap happens on the periphery that makes it... (laughs) And like... There's a real chance in Denver you've either got Aaron Rodgers or you've got Tyler Huntley, and you're basing your future career off that. And I love Tyler Huntley, but but one of them's arguably the most talented quarterback to ever play, and the other one's Tyler Huntley, who's fine and might be really good, but it's a much bigger gamble, obviously. And in the NFL, you can win, even at the highest levels, with a good, not great quarterback. Derek Carr. But you cannot win at the highest levels with a bad quarterback. That's 100% true. Uh, I think the Raiders are probably the best job. I also would want to live in Vegas the least of all three of them. You wouldn't want to live in Vegas? No. Ever. I, I don't dislike Vegas. What's the matter with Vegas? I'm just saying I would rather live in Denver or... I mean, Minnesota's pretty freezing cold, but if you're a trillionaire because you're a head coach oh, at that point... Well, as far as living goes, Minneapolis is by far last out of those three. You think so? Because it's so cold. Because it's so cold. It's cold. Um, Vegas is so hot. I might take the cold of Minnesota over the the heat of Las when, Vegas. When remind me, Ben? When do they play football? Correct. When, when is the, the season? Correct. When, it is the when, winters. When do they and then play? you'd rather be in Las Vegas. And and Denver is lovely. I'd say uh, I'd say Denver and Vegas would be sixes for me, but Minneapolis for sure would be last. I've got I've got family and friends that live up in Minneapolis, and they really like it. But when do we go visit them? And best stadium is Vegas, Minnesota, Denver, probably. Mile High is just the oldest, at least, and it's outdoors. It's not that old, and it's though. Cold. No, but, I mean, Minnesota built theirs like three years ago, and Vegas built theirs last year, right. whatever it was. So, yeah, But it's not like they're new. playing at the Mile no. High, Mile High. <laughs> no, you know not. what I mean? All right. Uh, let's give away some some tickets, shall we? Uh, Caller 12 right now. We're going to hook you up. Four pack of tickets to go see the Stars. They're taking on the Oklahoma Blues on January 28th at Bruin Arena here in Salt Lake. You could be going if you're the Caller 12 right now. 855-340-ZONE. Trevor and Mitch, join us next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.